Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I've got to tell you, it warms my heart to know that more and more people are listening to our show on a daily and weekly basis. That lets me know that you approve of the things that I am saying to you, and that also lets me know that you are retaining some of the information that I'm trying to drag out of the darkness. And you can put a fancy name on it, like critical race theory, but in reality, it is nothing but history. And the number one reason why America never learns from its history is because America never teaches its real history. And with that being said, we're going to slip into darkness and I'm going to talk about something that is real dear to my heart. Idlewild, Michigan was once known as the Black Eden, a resort where black writers, business people, physicians, and entertainers spent their summers in a racially segregated country. In its earliest days, you could run into W.E.B. DeBose. Even before the Negro Motorist Green Book came out in 1936, Resorts had opened up all over the country catering to black vacationers. And I got to tell you, my friends, as a young lad, I spent a many days in the summer in Idlewild, Michigan. And to me, there was no place like it. We as black people had everything there. And you know what? There was only one policeman on the whole island. And it was great times. My mom and I went to see Brooke Benton there. We saw Lloyd Price there. And I learned of a one-leg tap dancer by the name of Pegleg Bates. Having grown up in Akron, Ohio, it was the place where I first came in contact with horses. And I loved it. I worked at the stables there for a man by the name of Mr. Johnson, who was blind but could really count money. I had a lot of friends there whose parents owned houses. It was in Idlewild Lake that I learned how to fish, and we used to ride the horses up on the island and go to the skating ring, and right behind the skating ring was our beach. There was no place like it. I loved it. And when I went back as a grown man in the late 70s, I was heartbroken to see how it had deteriorated. Oh, there are still people living there with the hope that someday it will be revived. I have never, ever enjoyed such a place that was whiteness free in my life, and I know I never will. Starting in the late 19th century, Jim Crow laws in the South prevented 
black Americans from using the same accommodations and services as white people, even though the same set of laws didn't exist across the North, black people were still not welcome at many beaches, hotels, and other facilities there. Thus, resorts that specifically catered to excluded black vacationers popped up in both the North and the South. Black business-minded people have always pursued opportunities to capitalize on what was sometimes been called sheltered markets. And with Jim Crow, there was now a market for travelers that was created, so it would only make sense that these proliferated. These resorts were havens for black vacationers who couldn't safely stay in many of the accommodations for white travelers that dotted the country. As late as 1943, after conducting an informal survey of 105 Northeastern travel establishments, black journalist George Schuler complained, many colored families have motored all across the United States without being able to secure overnight accommodations at a single tourist camp or hotel. One of the most prominent resort towns was Highland Beach in Maryland. Charles and Laura Douglas established the town in 1893, originally named it Arundel on the Bay. Charles was the son of Frederick Douglas and a Civil War veteran who had brought the Highland land after another Maryland resort denied him entry. In 1922, Highland became the first black town incorporated in the state. Pictures from Highland Beach in 1900 show visitors bathing in the water and playing croquette, a game that was all the rage at the time among the upper classes. You always had a tiny, tiny segment of the black population who were middle class, upper middle class, or black bourgeois, and they mirrored the taste and the preferences of their white counterparts as best they could. We have always had those brothers and sisters that want to take on the traits of our oppressor, when our role is not to take on their traits. If anything, our role is to destroy their traits. Now in the South, Florida's black millionaires built homes at American Beach in Jacksonville. When it opened up in 1936, it was the only beach in Florida that offered safe overnight accommodations for black vacationers. Similarly to Idlewild, American Beach also drew famous entertainers like Duke Ellington and Ray Charles. Not all black families could afford such excursion, but for those who could, Highland and American Beach were important alternatives to the white beaches that black Americans supported with taxes but couldn't enjoy. During the Civil Rights Movement, black activists held wade-in 
at white beaches to protest their racial segregation, similar to the famous lunch counter sit-ins. Idlewild Resort in Lake County, Michigan, founded in 1912, was a popular spot for prominent black Americans like Dr. Daniel Hale Williams, founder of Chicago's Provident Hospital, attorney Valletta Anderson, the first black woman admitted to practice before the U.S. Supreme Court, and millionaire Madam C.J. Walker, a businesswoman in the beauty industry. Families rode horses, roller skated, and swam in lakes during the day, and at night listened to musical acts like Louis Armstrong and Future Touched by an Angel Star, Della Reese. W.E.B. DuBose was also a fan of Idaho. In 1921, he wrote, For sheer physical beauty, for sheen of water and golden air, for nobleness of tree and flower of shrub, for shining river and a song of bird, and a low moving whisper of sun, moon, and stars. It is the beautifulest stretch I have seen for 20 years. In addition to separate resorts, black Americans carved out enclaves for themselves in vacation spots that mostly cater to white elites, like Martha's Vineyard Island in Massachusetts and Newport, Rhode Island. On Martha's Vineyards, you have this place called Oak Bluffs, which today is still very much a sort of black middle-class vacation spot. In Newport, prominent black Americans vacationed at Saratoga Springs. These spots became more racially integrated after the 1960s and are still popular tourist destinations today. Other vacation spots like Idaho and Highland Beach disappeared as black upper and middle class vacationers opted for other resort options that were now available to them. Today, residents in both areas hope they can make a comeback as vacation destinations by highlighting the area's historic significance. Today, my friends, I gave you a look at my childhood history. I was really too young to realize what I was encountering a total black community with no jail because there was no crime. Everybody just enjoyed their self and lived. There were stores and shops and cottages to be rented for a day, a week, a month, or a summer. And everybody got along. Of all the places that I have been and all the vacations that I have been on, nothing has ever affected me like the summers that I spent in Idaho, Michigan. I have a lot of friends that I remember from there. And this is one time I wish that we could have stayed in our place. Well, friends, that music tells me it's once more that time. I appreciate you taking time to listen to this segment today. And you are undoubtedly 
the first people that I have ever shared this with. That's how much I think of you. And before I go, I would like to leave you with this message. Don't forget you're human. It's okay to have a meltdown. Just don't unpack and live there. Cry it out and then refocus on where you are headed. Until next time, my friends, it's been my honor.